1: Uh, We are back with a special episode today, so I am flying solo without Big Brother Dave, but I am not alone. Uh, Joining me today, I have a very special guest. I have the man responsible for bringing the G.I. Joe Classified and Transformers lines to life at Hasbro. I am thrilled to welcome Leonard Panzeca to the show. Lenny, thank you so much for joining us on Adventures in Collecting.
0: Thanks for having me, Eric. And I wouldn't say responsible for it, but I uh, I'm involved.
1: <laughs> hey, don't don't uh, you get you got to give yourself some more credit there. <laughs> we all we all watch the the fan first Fridays. We love you know all the virtual stuff that Hasbro's been doing since kind of the world has entered into lockdown. Um, and you know I'm sure our listeners are familiar with your voice and your face at this point, as you know you, you've been part of some pretty awesome reveals over the summer.
0: Yeah, it's been fun, man. Fan First Fridays have been, uh, I got to say, uh, it's a breath of fresh air for us because we can communicate to everybody some of the thinking and all the, uh, essentially, like, why. You know, and it's it's fun to talk about this stuff. And it's, it's fun to dice up about all those little details and get dorky with it, you know?
1: Yeah, and and you guys are really doing an incredible job with it across the board. You know, all of the the Hasbro IPs, all of them are interesting. And I find, like, you know, obviously... It's tough to collect everything and to kind of keep track with everything that's going on, you know, uh, across all the different uh, franchises. But these events really are like amazing nerdy transparency from (laughs) like a big company. And it's it's very across the board. Like the reaction is great. You know, it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun to watch them.
0: Well, we're fans just as much as everybody else is, you know, and, uh, it's, I I gotta say it's, it's, I've been at Hasbro for about 13, maybe 14 years now. And, uh, it's a really nice thing that we're doing and it's kind of fun to just kind of take all the guard guards off, take all the armor off and just talk about it. Like just display and show everything we're working on and get people's feedback and, uh, just kind of share. So it's, it's been a blast.
1: Well, it's uh, I'm it's glad I'm glad to hear that the people behind the scenes are enjoying it as much as as much as we are. That's that's amazing. Um before we before we kind of jump into the meat of our conversation here, whenever we have a guest on, the first thing that we like to ask since, you know, we are a show about toys and toy collecting is mm-hmm. what are you collecting?
0: Uh I love the Mythic Legion line. I think that's my favorite line right now. I'm super into fantasy and uh like that kind of genre so i love what the four horsemen are doing with that line uh i just got my cyclops which i love uh we just moved so everything's in boxes right now so i'm looking forward to finding a place in the new house of where to put
1: all of my uh
0: my collections including the four horsemen uh mythic legions
1: that's awesome yeah that that line is fantastic i love the uh the fact that like you can kind of mix and mash and you know combine things together and make your own characters it really does kind of like embody that that fantasy element
0: and it's it's funny you mentioned that's like it's one of the things that draws me to it I love the idea that I can mix and match and design I mean given my profession right (laughs) (laughs) so it's totally like it's like targeted for me
1: (laughs) So, so so speaking of of you and and your profession why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into uh making toys
0: Sure. Um, let's see. It all started back when I was six years old, I would say. And I used to draw a little comic book called Lizard Man. And I loved Ninja Turtles. And of course, right, child of the 80s and early 90s. And uh, I used to draw creatures and characters from it all the time. And then all through my life, I basically drew characters into character design and sketch monsters and all that sort of thing. And I kind of diverted a little bit, and I went into uh, I went to William Patterson. I played football for a few years, and then I kind of heard my calling was design. It always was design, I feel. And uh, I found the toy design program at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology, and uh, I applied. Uh, actually, before I applied, I had to build my portfolio up to be a little bit more professional, So, uh, you know, I, I dug down and dug deep and I built my portfolio up. I submitted it and, uh, I got called in to do a live test because at that school, they do a live test to see who's actually going to make it into the program. And I got in and, uh, you know, two years deep into toy design. Um, you know, I was always in action figures as a kid. So a lot of my concepts were, uh, pretty action figure heavy. I remember one of them was bunny brawlers. I wanted to do street fighter mixed with like a pet shop kind of deal. So it's nice. like all these like, like super jacked rabbits and stuff like that. Um, I did one that was, uh, a gorilla who was a military dude and he had a little, uh, Like a little, um, it's like a little spider monkey in his backpack who was his uh, back gunner. So, uh, you know, I was, it was always like, the program is very young kid focused, but I always found my like older kid action figure uh, stuff seeping into it, which was always fun. And I think it always, it kind of added another element to the program, which was really cool to do. Um, So yeah, from there, uh, I got my internship at Hasbro. No, I'm sorry. Not my internship at Hasbro. Oops. (laughs) My internship at Fisher Price, um, where I worked on the Imagine X line with some very, very talented individuals. It was really cool to see the toy design process. It was cool to see how the guys would uh, get their inspiration and how that would get – basically how things would go from inspiration to production. And I knew I needed to do this job. I was ready. I was like, all right, I want to graduate right, right now. I think I had like two more semesters left and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Can I just <laughs> go apply? Um, so uh, yeah, basically from there uh, it came down to at FIT. They have a really good placement program. So uh, I applied for a few jobs. One was Fisher price, the the satellite in Manhattan of uh, course, Hasbro. And the interview that went the best, I would say, is the Hasbro interview. It just kind of clicked with everybody there. And plus, I mean, G.I. Joe. <laughs> you know, so I was like totally like pumped for it. Um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, I got actually hired for the Spider-Man 3 line, which uh, was super fun to work on because was all this like kind of ooze play and, and then mixed with action figure play, which was fun to do a lot of toy like kid core toy mixed with action figure which was kind of like my discipline and then uh from there worked on spider-man animated uh that was the the line designed by sean cheeks galloway um and from there I, i mean i worked on marvel for about maybe two and a half three years did a little stint on star wars then i made my way to transformers which i've been on for about let's see on and off maybe 10 years or so maybe longer uh, took a little break, worked on Furby for a little bit, which was super fun. Um, and, uh, you know, once, uh, we had to, uh, break one brand out of the vault called GI Joe, I, uh, you know, I was like, let's do this, you know? So, um, I kind of went in, um, full force on that one to, to, uh, to uh, call out the full force podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, you know, uh, I, I jumped in, jumped in head first, you know, and uh, we have been going str- we've been going full speed ever since. It's about two and a half year, maybe a little longer process so far. Um, but it's been awesome. It's been a wild ride. I love it. Um I mean G.I. Joe and Transformers, I the happiest action brands designer there's I think you could be. You know, I got two of the best brands that I mean, action brands have ever seen. Um, it's a pleasure to be on them. Uh, I feel privileged. I feel honored to have the ability to work on it. So it's been, a, you know, it's been a cool journey. It's been fun, artistic, creative, hard at times, but it's uh, it's been a, it's been it's been cool so far.
1: Man, what a journey! So you you have touched on some of the, <clears throat> you have touched on some of the like most important IPs in in like action figure really history when you when you think about it you know you, spider-man star wars uh you know and then the the stuff of the from the stuff of dreams to the stuff of nightmares furby so I mean, <laughs> I mean you've you've kind of been you've kind of been on 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 everything and then like you said to to eventually land on transformers and gi joe i mean that's that's incredible what a, what a journey
0: it's been cool I mean, when i first got to hasbro i was like man i want to work on gi joe so bad and I remember, like you know, GI Joe's had its ups and downs, and I remember the last down. I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> yeah. But then when this opportunity came, I was like, "We're doing this," <laughs> you know.
1: So- well, well, the the internet being the way that it is, right? So like, but before that, uh, the the classified series was was officially announced. You know, there mm-hmm. were there were pictures of the the that uh, the con exclusive snake eyes that started to like leak out, and people were like, "Is this real? Are they really mm-hmm. going to do?" they're really going to do gi joe again i remember just the the hype train like didn't even just like pull out of the station it like back to the future like the train (laughs) lifted off the tracks the the wheels went under and it just took off you know it's yeah it's a brand that so many people are passionate about and has been a part of of childhoods for or, or you know people's childhoods for generations going back to like the you know the twelve-inch like doll style mm-hmm. action figures. So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing to see the 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 positivity around the line and kind of like the ravenous way that people yeah. are are trying to get their hands on it.
0: And we appreciate every single bit of the support we're getting um, and the criticism. Uh, I think that you know um, it, it's one of those brands that like it's so iconic to action brands in general. Like without GI Joe, you wouldn't have any of these lines, like it, it, it invented a lot of the play pattern, you know? Um, and I think that, uh, to be able to work on it again, I keep on saying it, but it is an honor to be able to work on it and bring it to life in a new way. Um, but you know, um, it, it's just to see that fan, uh, like fever it It just it just lifts us up and it gives us confidence, and it uh, drives us, you know and, and we're listening. we're We got our hand on the pulse uh, of what people are thinking, and we're it's part of our research and all that. So um you know, thank you to everyone who is getting behind it because it definitely is helping it a
1: lot. well, speaking of 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 the line and the the kind of history of innovation, um, you know, getting into kind of the design. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. things that impressed me most about the line and, and you know, full disclosure, like I saw the figures and, you know, I'm we we talk about it on on our show all the time, setting up those guardrails. Right. So that mm-hmm. way you don't just like you don't hop into a new line every month. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know where to put everything. Where did all my money go? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I saw I started to see all the toy photography of Snake Eyes. You know, people started kind of adopting this hashtag Snake Eyes Saturdays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and they were posting photos of it. And I I was noticing, I was like, wait a second. Can, like, can he actually hold his entire loadout at once? Like, can the figure actually hold all of the pieces? That's insane. And then, you know, I saw it on shelves and actually having it in hand. I was like, you know what? I'm getting this figure. I'm going to get Snake Eyes. I got to see what this whole thing is all about. And that was the thing that really kind of sold me was the fact that like the like the little kid in me was like, oh, my God, he could go on like a mission and like not have the backpack, but still be able to hold his sword and the scabbard and mm-hmm. all of his guns. And like, you know, he can like just everything. So when you're designing these figures, when does that kind of work its way into the 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 design process like okay so you know it's a snow mission so the character has to have x y and z and how does he carry all of that like tell us a little bit about how you you kind of break that aspect down
0: so it's it's interesting like when we design a character the thinking is like it's going to go on a mission uh right so they're going to go on a mission and they're going to need particular gear with them i mean when i played joe when i was a kid it was like i would mix and match the loadouts i would even mix and match the characters take them apart and rebuild them Uh, based on what I needed them to do or what I wanted them to be. So we brought that thinking into Classified because first and foremost, I think play is very important to uh, uh, any figure line. And I think part of the play of a military-style character is they're bringing their gear with them. He doesn't have superpowers. He's not going to shoot rays out of his eyes. He's not going to be able to fly. So he's got to be able to take all of his gear with him. So if you're going to be playing out that fantasy you have to have the ability to do that on the action figure itself. So when we design a character, like in the case of Snake Eyes, the original had the sword that would kind of like, it was almost like a like a clip system that you would slide the sword into the backpack and all that. But then um, we wanted it to be a little mod- more modular and more tactical in a way, if that makes sense. So he can wear the backpack, you can plug the... Sheath onto the backpack, or you can just take the backpack off, like you were saying, and plug the sheath onto his back. Which that's why we kept uh, the post hole on all their backs. It's a homage to the original Joes, but at the same time, it keeps that play pattern and it it adds a little level of customization, right? Because I could put anybody's backpack on him. I could put anybody's sheath on his back. So I think basically what ends up happening is we have an idea. Like I have an idea of like I want to do Snake Eyes with a uh, weapon stand and all that sort of stuff. And I do know that I want them to hold a lot of gear. Um, and I knew though there needs to be places for the gear to go when it's not being used. So we go in with that mindset. And then when I go to the nitty gritty of design, which is uh, my input phase where I literally draw the toy details and everything calling out like, uh, materials that things should be made out of or sculpted to look like. um, as to like where we want hoops to be, where we want portholes to be, all that sort of thing. Um, and then in that phase, I would say, is when it, where it solidifies, because that is what's going to the sculpting department, so that they can uh, build the figure off of that. Um, so I would say it starts off in the conceptual phase. I need this character to do this thing, so he's going to have to be able to hold certain gear. And in some cases, you can't. Right, because you—it's dealing with the scale you're dealing with, the cost you're dealing with, or even it hasn't been invented yet. So once you get to the sculpt input phases, when we start almost inventing, like ways to hold stuff, or ways to build stuff, or and and solidifying what the mission is going to be—it's—it's—it's born from at at the concept phase, and then we work it in through our development uh, process.
1: That's incredibly insightful because I it's to your point you know it is both feels like both a, an homage and an innovation right you know mm-hmm. i when i got the cobra commander figure i was like oh cool he doesn't have he doesn't come with anything that ports into his back but like thinking again like the kid in me like you could be playing and he could steal snake eyes's sword and mm-hmm. put it on his back and run off with it you know like you can have all of these different play factors and i think you know, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of like unique to the GI Joe classified line, you guys are writing the story as you're you're making these figures. You know, you don't have um like the Transformers has the Earthrise show on Netflix. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making Marvel figures, they're based off of stuff that's going on in the comic books or the films. This, like, you really do kind of have this ideal like dreamland sandbox to play in.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we kind of do, you know, and I feel like that's the dangerous and awesome part about it. Right. Cause it's like, you have to pay respect to the original design, but then you have to, you have to drive it forward, right? Like where is the brand going to go? Um, of course there's going to be room to do super retro versions of characters and stuff like that. This line is so young. Um, But at the same time, we have to establish that it is a new line. It's not real American hero rebuilt in a different scale. It's G.I. Joe classified. It's its own scale. It's its own thing. But like Generations does and Transformers, it takes cues from where we've been and pays respect to that because the characters are where they are today because of their past. But then how do you enhance it to get to the almost drive the brand forward? And so we don't stay stagnant. Um, And then again, we do want to tell the stories in the the case of Earthrise, like toy and storytelling is like threaded together very tightly. We work very closely um, with the uh, storytelling team on that. And we make sure that we're cohesive between what we're doing and what they're doing. And because we want to give the brand, it's a total brand experience. Yes, on toy, we are focusing more on the visual and play, but there are some story elements to why that visual and play is there. And that has to be cohesive with the story that's going to be in media. So, again, we go back and forth. Sometimes it starts in the, in the uh, entertainment avenue. Sometimes it starts in the toy avenue. And it all kind of comes together as that full brand experience. Uh, I'll tell you what. I would love another G.I. Joe show. <laughs> it would be rad
1: <laughs> well I, I saw that the the video game is out now on the the nintendo switch and mm-hmm. and those character models are based off of the classified figures so it's it's mm-hmm. great to see you know them already kind of coming to life and in, in another medium but yeah another tv show or you know the, the way that everything works now with you know being able to like binge stuff on on netflix it's like you know, having your own extended film, you know, on there. So yeah. I, I, that would be, uh, you know, well, the more the more, you know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a chance to play Blackout. It looks pretty cool, man. Um, I I'm, 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 we're still in boxes, so I have yet to download any games. And I don't think I'll be playing games for a while, but I am very excited to to get my hands on it and uh, dive into it at some point.
1: Now, going back to like the, the characters for for both Transformers and, and G.I. Joe, you have... Mm-hmm such a wide array of characters to choose from. And one of the things that kind of always comes up when new, new figures are being announced and, and, you know, redesigns of characters or, you know, a character in a certain aesthetic, how do you go about selecting the, the next character you're going to make?
0: I would say it's all based on what's quintessential to the story we're trying to tell at that point in time. So in the case of Transformers, uh, it's playing into that War for Cybertron story and the characters that are going to play a major role. So um, who do you need in your toy line so that when I'm collecting into this brand experience, I have them on my shelf and I can recall those iconic moments, right? Like how what characters are resonating that we can really celebrate in product? And the same thing with Classified as well. It's like the story we're trying to build. I mean, the brand, we're building it back up. So, you're going to, you've noticed there's probably a lot of those quintessential characters that we most likely were going to do out the gate. So, now it's a matter of how we're going to progress the story. And you guys will notice that in a lot of the exclusive packages where um, we're introducing characters through a program. And the program is kind of the story, like Cobra Island is um, Roadblock and Beachhead. Uh, basically infiltrating Cobra Cobra Island to get documents or something like that to bring it back to Joe. When we first released G.I. Joe, uh, it was Duke, Scarlet, and Roadblock. And Snake Eyes kind of teched out a little bit more because they're getting a readout of a threat. So what is that threat? And we didn't bring Cobra in until later because we wanted to establish the Joes. The Joes found a threat, and it's Destro. And Destro's up to no good. What is he turning on? So the idea there is we're trying to create a narrative throughout the figures and through the exclusive opportunities that we have to kind of tell this overall branding, like branded story. But at the same time, we don't want to have it so heavy handed where the collectors and fans can't play out their own stories. So we're almost like setting the stage in our character selects in some of the in the photography we're we're releasing and then letting people play out those stories or make up their own stories because again a lot of it is based on play and how are you inspiring people to play and collect
1: so you mentioned destro mm-hmm. so i have to bring up one of my my personal fi- figures of the year um profit director Destro. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm actually looking at him right now awesome. Every, I, he's is a permanent staple in the middle of my desk he just that figure holding a wad of burning money just it gives me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> now, we're, we're, we know where the, if, if, if you are unfamiliar with where the, the PDD comes from, you know, Profit Director Destro, <laughs> I will provide a link to that in the, in, there's a very, there's a website that does a very nice story as to where that came from. That being said, um, <laughs> how, how did that, like, that particular, uh, figure come back into reality this year like how how did that happen
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well uh, we like to have fun Um, we'll start with that but I think it was born out of a little bit of necessity Uh, at the time the line was not slated to be as large as it is now and we were trying to come up with what kind of cool uh, exclusives we can do that kind of that play into a story arc that's fun and I think I've mentioned it before where we want the exclusive programs to be mini missions in themselves. Um, just like with, uh, Arctic storm shadow, he's coming into the battle from like a mountain range. So his side will be chosen shortly. Right. You notice there's no Cobra logos on him yet. Yeah. Um, so the same thing with, uh, PPP, I love how you put it. Um, profit director Destro where, you know, um, It's an exclusive opportunity, so we needed to make a character that um, stood out from the rest of the line and told a fun story. Um, In the case of him, we wanted to pick a character from the lineage that had been done and was kind of, um, he left a mark, you know, like that three and three quarter inch figure did. Um, So with that being said, we create we recreated him and there's a there was like two iterations of him there's a variant of him in the three and three quarter inch so we kind of melded a lot of the details together to get him to where he was and the narrative that he's telling is that he's robbing a safe in las vegas so that tells the story of why he's wearing jaguar print uh in all in uh in all the ridiculousness and that with a burgundy red i think i have on him
1: <laughs> oh yes you do <laughs> <laughs> burgundy he is, he is um i i think not only is he one of my favorite action figures of the year he's i think he's the loudest figure <laughs> of the year oh what makes you say that <laughs> <laughs> lenny where can i start <laughs> but again it's just one of those things where like i I, when I when I saw that that was announced, I had was you know relatively familiar with the the origin story of the three and three quarter figure, and I needed a refresher. But when 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 the pictures of him started to come out after the official announcement, it was just like all of a sudden, like my brain went figure photography. Like this <laughs> this guy, you know, I, I I'm sure um, you know Just Jay Hernandez on on Instagram, oh, yeah. he is like a king amongst men in terms of, like, posing these figures. All I could think of was, like, this figure doing the walk with the Bee Gees playing behind him. You know, yeah. like, it's yeah. just... Yeah. he's He is just... It's, it's it's a perfect action figure. Congratulations.
0: Thanks, man. I, I really very, 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 very much appreciate that. Uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Thank you.
1: But, you know, these, these one-off things are... I, I think that's one of the things that makes this line so interesting is because we all kind of have over the years, like, like everybody has like their Cobra commander, their, uh, their Duke, their Destro, you know, like everybody has like their version that they remember. And by doing these little one-off things, I think not only are you forwarding the story, but you're giving people a reason to kind of stay fevered, if you will. Mm, mm. And, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen something like this. You know, my my brother and I, we've been playing with toys since we were little. But honestly, the, the last time I can recall something kind of of this magnitude was probably back in like the, the WWF, like Jack's oh, Pacific yeah. days when, you know, parents had, were going to, uh, you know, I don't remember it because my parents were doing it, but I, I know it via stories, you know, like going to stores and like talking to people in the stock rooms, like, Hey, you getting a shipment today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, now, you know, there's tools on the internet where people can figure out stuff and, you yeah. know, they're lining up at Target at eight o'clock in the morning and kind of hoping for the best, but it, it's, it's so much fun to kind of see the thrill of the hunt. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it comes with a certain level of frustration, but as, do most good things come with some level of of frustration um you know but it's it's just it's great to see i love to see it
0: yeah we i I gotta say speaking for myself and some my 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 teammates uh we appreciate everybody's uh excitement and support and as well as patience (laughs) with us uh you know again it's a young line right it's 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 not Legends, it's not Black Series yet. Those lines have had a lot of years to establish kind of their foothold. We're still, we're getting there. This, this is the we're not even been out a year. We're, I think we've been out for like maybe four months, maybe. So yeah. um, you know, it's exciting uh, and so exciting to get everybody's uh, support. And I think it, like I, I think I mentioned, might have mentioned it earlier, it it drives us, you know. And it's like we got to do better. We got to do even better. And that goes from that goes every aspect of the development process.
1: So so jumping back to to transformers, along with kind of the transformers that everybody knows and loves, you know, the the you know, the different class sizes are actual transforming transformers. Mm-hmm. You guys announced a a new kind of transformer that is a a non-transforming v- yes. uh, version. So red. so why don't we Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the red line. How did cool. uh how did that come to be?
0: So I think it was about maybe three years ago now where my director and I were talking about it. We're like, how do we make like the most ridiculously awesome robots that we can do? And, um, you know, not that our, our ro- our transformers are amazing. Like the, the feat of engineering and design that goes on on that line is, um, it's like next level. Our partnership with Takara Tomy, is 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 stronger than ever, and it's just amazing to see what we can actually create with our forces combined you know um, and it's been year over year it's just like we keep on advancing how we do that right so but that being said, there are certain things that a transformer can't do because it's not dedicated to one form right and a lot of that is articulation um, and a little bit of the kibble talk as people like to call it so <laughs> We were like, how do we do a kibble-free robot? And we're like, we just make a robot. Let's make the most ridiculously cool robot we can do. So from there, we made a couple of models. I can't tell you what models we made, but they were ridiculous looking. And when I say ridiculous, it usually means a good thing. Um, So we made the most ridiculously detailed robots we could have ever made for for, uh, models. And we pitched them. Pitched them for about a year. And then when the timing was right, I actually wasn't on the kickoff of the line Um, But when the timing was right, we greenlit it, and that was the first wave you guys had seen, which was Megatron, Soundwave, and Optimus Prime, uh, which came out pretty rad. Um, So I'm excited to see people get them. I'm excited to see people's reactions to it. Uh, So, yeah, it was really born out of, like, how do we just make the best robots we can do? I mean, because we've done so many versions of transforming, how do we celebrate the character aspect of it?
1: Yeah, it those things look like they walked right out of 1985 and and onto your your toy shelf. I mean, it's it's insane because like they they kind of, you know, in the in the cartoon, you know, in the in the animation, mm-hmm. they have that smoothness to them, right? Like the, yeah. everything disappears. Like once they become a robot, that's it. They're a robot. <laughs> yeah. And that's. Pretty damn impossible to do with the amount of, you know, transformations needed to get there, to your point. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I've already seen, again, some a great toy photography of of them. Like, yeah, it's it's a really, really neat line.
0: Yeah, that that first wave that was the design direction on that wave was to how do we make it look like you plucked them right off of the screen? And these are the Sunbow accurate uh, versions of the figures. So I, I think they nailed it <laughs> uh yes, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: now i you know one of the things that i'm I'm not embarrassed to admit i uh, i I actually have quite a uh, affinity for the 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 Michael bay transformers. I love the you know the the modern take on them i mm-hmm. you know seeing them turn into like real cars on a screen with you know explosions and you know the ride at universal studios is like one of my favorite things ever um back when we could go to theme parks and things (laughs) back when
0: we could see people
1: (laughs) (laughs) and the the three that i kind of have at any given time displayed somewhere i think right now they're in my living room because my daughter likes to look at them we're going through a bit of a transformers thing here in the house awesome (laughs) um but i I have my my megatron my my Optimus prom my bumblebee uh the film versions uh mm-hmm. out out on display as the technology kind of uh changes and gets better and you know more intricate do, are there like are there transformers are there that you've kind of tabled because you're like, uh you know what I don't think we are in a place where we could do that right right now like do you have like a, and then as things change do you go to that list and you're like, you know what this this and this has changed let's let's take a stab at this now
0: yes 100 percent um and i think it's a matter of learning what can and cannot be done uh because every transformer is its own item yes they're assorted and waved together but it's not like with a six inch action figure where trust in the buck the buck of the figure right like we know the construction yes there is variance in uh articulation from figure to figure and or internal structures. However, transformers, every single figure is different from each other. So um, you know, there's tried and true transformations. Um, but then we always try to make sure the transformations are fun and unique. So we kind of in a way curate it based on feasibility right like how feasible is it to make this transformer for a couple of points like price point complexity and tangibility right because in storytelling i think you could be a little less tangible than in a actual product or an actual three-dimensional thing um so if a character is going to require 300 steps of transformation kind of it gets knocked off of the list because of a couple of different things. If you could imagine that would make it unfeasible for us to create it. So it really, ba- it's based on like how tangible is it? And everything is really on the table. We just have to study it first. And a lot of things get studied and then canceled just because it's just not going to work out in the end. And we don't want to put out a bad product.
1: Yeah. And and it's it, it's clear that there's that that level of of passion behind it. It's, you know, to the point that you made... Earlier, uh, you know, about transformers, the the feat of engineering that goes into them is evident. Like when you're holding one in your hands, you're like, I I can't, I can't believe that somebody figured out how to get this from this to this.
0: Yeah, I mean, to this day, I still, I mean, I've been on transformers a long time, and to this day, working back and forth with Takara, I'm like, how, how? I mean, yeah, I could see it, and then you know, it's it's just it takes time. You know, you, you really have to, a transformer is a science project (laughs) for sure. (laughs) You know, know, it's like, it starts off as like, here's the concept of a character I want to do and the features he's going to have. And there's a little bit of elasticity you have to have as a designer because in what you plan to do may not be feasible or it may actually be very feasible and you might be able to add other things in there so you kind of have to bend like the reed a little bit with uh your direction um which it's it it can be hard at times because like there's something you just really want to get because you know it's so quintessential to the design but it may throw off everything so it's in a way it's a kill your dar- darlings applies t- to toy design in a, in a very big way um you know like you 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 have to make sure the total play experience and total uh, brand experience is there and if one thing's gonna throw it all off you gotta consider is that thing worth throwing the whole thing off for um, yeah
1: well spe- speaking of of unique experiences and, and and kind of creating those through transformers uh you guys have recently announced two really fun mashups uh yeah. you know the, the DeLorean and the the Ecto-1 you know coming into the the world of uh of the Autobots how do those types of things come up
0: <laughs> Those kinds of things come up in a really fun way um we get together we well we used to get together <laughs> at the Transformers design table and the collabs marketing really took the reins on it. And they were like, okay, we got to really start planning out what these collabs are going to be. And we plan them far in advance. Like we have a list of what we want to get to. And, um, essentially we would have, I guess, monthly or every two months brainstorms as to what are we, where are we going to take collabs? What are the opportunities and, um, come up with a plan you know, we essentially brainstorm and we dork out at the transformers table and talk about who would be an awesome transformer. Now there's a whole other side of that, which probably can't get into today, but it's like that whole, like the partnership aspect, which plays a really big role in it. Like who is willing to work with, who can we work with and who is going to be the right fit for our brand and and what we represent. Um, So that's a whole nother can of worms. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there are yeah. there are a ton of famous vehicles out there like, you know, Knight Rider, but Batman, you know, like the, you could name, uh, you know, dozens of characters that have like sweet vehicles that would yeah. transform into cool robots. But, uh, you know, I think that the three that come to mind that you guys have have done the, you know, Top Gun, the DeLorean and the Ecto-1 were, first of all, like. You know three choices straight out of the mid 80s which is kind of like the transformers wheelhouse right yeah 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 um and and you know it just so happens that hasbro has has the ghostbusters so i mean i'm mm-hmm. sure that that worked out uh that made things a lot easier <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah 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 i i love the, i love the the character design behind them too i'm i'm very excited for for adorable gigawatt to <laughs> to join it, my uh, my collection. It,
0: it, it's funny too cuz we knew we needed to make them their own transformers. I mean there was conversations of making it like Optimus Prime or something like that, but it just I feel like it doesn't do the character in the when I say character the sense of a vehicle and the mm-hmm. sense of the the bots it doesn't do them justice to skin a a a pop culture a phenomenon vehicle on top of one of our existing characters, that's where we were like, we need to make them their own characters. Like we need gigawatt to be in there, right? It's like I think an Ectotron. They need to be their own entity entity. It's it's Transformers. Why wouldn't they be?
1: Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. And I and I'm hoping like I know they they've all have sold out very quickly they've been wildly popular i just keep my my fingers crossed that like so my my main wheelhouse the main thing i collect is star wars so like i'm just i have my fingers crossed that one day (laughs) one day we'll get like a sweet millennium falcon that that transforms into a robot or uh you know like a a star destroyer that turns into a uh decepticon i just it, it i feel like that would be a mashup made in heaven
0: it would be epic
1: now that we've kind of gone through a bunch of amazing stuff that you guys are working on, as I, as I mentioned uh, to you earlier, we we posed the question up to our listeners um, and and our followers on on Instagram. Uh, they submitted some questions, and uh, if you're if you're a game, we could go through a couple of these. Let's do it. All right. So. Um, there were a bunch of duplicates. A lot of people asked the same question, which I guess is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of consistency. Um, so I have kind of lumped a lot of the ones that were the same or similar uh, into into kind of one question. Mm-hmm. Um, fans' choice. So a lot of the other uh, Hasbro uh, brands have have held kind of polls uh, in terms of character selection. You know, who you want to see next? Some kind of fans' choice. Um, Is that something that you guys would ever consider doing for the classified line?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the model is there, you know, and I think it's just like I said earlier, classified is so young, like it's not even a year old. Um, And I think I mean, the development we've been working on for a while, but it being in the marketplace, it's 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 such an early brand that, yes, absolutely want to do that. Um, I think it's a matter of strategically when it makes sense to do it. Um, yeah. So,
1: um, sticking with uh with the classified line, I I don't know if this is more of a question or just kind of like, I guess I'll pass this request along to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> there there were three characters that came up an overwhelmingly uh high amount mm-hmm. uh requests for shipwreck. <laughs> which I totally get Um, a more classic version of storm shadow Mm -hmm. and everyone's favorite, favorite business attire, bad guy, uh, the hooded version of Cobra commander. (laughs) Yeah. So those, uh, again, I'm not expecting any kind of answer here for those. I am just passing the request along. I plead the fifth as Dave Chappelle would say (laughs) fair, totally fair. Um, And yeah. So that like I said, not a question, I am just passing along, I am the messenger. <laughs> I'm yeah. I am playing the role of messenger. Yeah. Um so to the red line on uh on the uh for transformers. Um so far you guys have announced a, a series of of animated uh you know bots. Uh mm-hmm. and we saw some now from from Beast Wars uh that were announced uh at at PulseCon. Um is that a line that is expected to stay in the animated world, or do you see, foresee the possibility of potential movie realizations in the red line?
0: As it stands right now, we're going to stay in the animated world because um, there's a lot, a lot of characters that have not even been touched on, I think, in, in, the, in the transformation world of, uh, I mean, the toy world. So we'd like to kind of stick to keeping it to our animated, animated shows.
1: Uh, Heading back over to G.I. Joe, are there any plans for vehicles or weapon packs for the classified line?
0: Yes. And (laughs) (laughs) we need to make them right. And we need to study as to how we will create them. Uh, So we 100% want to make the vamp. We want to make the stinger we we want to make the awe striker. we want to make trouble bubbles. I think it's just a matter of how and what is the right offering to everyone, right? So it's like we got to come up with kind of our strategy and structure of how we're gonna do it
1: yeah, six inch scale is it has proven over the years has proven tough with vehicles, like in general because once you, people don't realize that like the scale of a six inch vehicle it's it's very big even yeah. even a small vehicle like going you know into the world of star wars like something like ray's speeder from the, the the sequel trilogy i mean it's a small vehicle all things considered and then you see it on the shelf and you're like whoa
0: yeah <laughs> it takes up the space of where there would probably be four figures yeah right so it's like it, it there's a lot of things to consider not just when i say strategic it sounds like it's all business but it's like strategic of like how are people going to get the stuff And then how are they going to curate their own collections? So it's like we got to kind of consider that. And that's why we launched with a bike because there is precedent for bikes. Uh, People collect bikes and it's something that people know and understand and how to have it in their collections. So uh, that's where the new character, as we like to say, vehicles are characters. um, The coil was born, right? Because we did consider we considered a lot of the old school vehicles and we saw it as an opportunity to get a new Joe or a new Cobra into the line. Right. So it was a good way to kind of like study and understand uh, where we could take vehicles for Joe. But it's definitely it's such a part of G.I. Joe. The vehicles are such a part of G.I. Joe that we would be doing a disservice if we didn't get to it. It's just a matter of getting to it correctly.
1: Yeah, that I, that, I mean, that's the one thing where when I saw initially going back to the the original announcement of the classified line, the first thing I started thinking of was like, oh, they're going to make the flag for the, the six inch line. That's, that's going to be one. <laughs> they're going to make a scale flag, right? That's, if, that's when, it, that's, what's going to come out and it'll, it'll be my dining room table. That'll, if that'll
0: you be. <laughs> made a scale flag, the flag was 7.8, seven feet, eight inches long. The original flag. That means that six inch figures are not exactly, actually, they're not exactly double the size of a three and three quarter inch, but that flag would be what? Maybe 15 feet long. <laughs> And it's classified, right? So it's like, we got to go all in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, if we're going to make that thing, uh, I think I would probably, two things could happen. One, I might go Super Saiyan. (laughs) The other one would be, I would probably turn into, like, an underdark beast. And just disappear from existence Because <laughs> the amount that it would have to go into that thing
1: <laughs> so so when the next HasLab is announced and it's the flag i'll know where to find you that's <laughs> yeah in, in a... <laughs> yeah uh i i recently and i say recently again but before you know when we were allowed to go out and see people i went to mm-hmm. a toy show here in, in new jersey and uh
0: what you're in jersey yeah i'm from jersey too you know when i could hear it I can he- hear it in your accent. I'm like, this, yeah, it says we
1: Jersey right now. <laughs> we, we, we can smell our own. It's, yes. <laughs> it... <laughs> it's
0: so true. It's so true.
1: <laughs> so I, I went to the, the Wayne, New Jersey uh, toy show uh, cool. again, going, going back a few months. And, some, and somebody had a, a mint. I mean, it was out of box, but it was a mint flag set oh, up wow. like for sale and they still had the box but they they had it fully assembled on the table with like Joes set up on it and vehicles and it was the first time you know my brother is is 7 years my senior mm-hmm. but it was the first time either of us had ever seen it in person but just seeing it was amazing and yeah they're just trying to wrap your brain around a, one for the the classified scale like, I can't
0: yeah you know. it would be I'm like I'm like in I'm like looking at my room that I'm in right now and I'm like it would be as it would be almost as long as this room <laughs> it would be epic like oh, we, yeah. we, we muse about it a lot like we're like dude how could we do that I'm like can you imagine the panels could you imagine like we'd have to go to a real, a real aircraft carrier like we because I believe that's what they did originally when they made it they went and they checked out real aircraft carrier I'm not exactly sure which one but like the amount of research it's like a Stanley Kubrick C- movie you got to go in there and take pictures of the doorknobs. Yep. You know
1: <laughs> what? What I could see is if if, you know, once once the, uh, you know, the world kind of opens back up again, that would make a killer like Toy Fair or San Diego Comic-Con like display piece. Those oh, custom yeah. like, you know, here's the the G.I. Joe part of the the booth and here's the one off flag that we made for the display.
0: I think get the Night Raven coming to take it out, it'd be awesome. <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm here for all the ideas. You just, <laughs> you know how to find me now. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- that, was, that was all the questions that we had from, from our listeners. Thank you for, for humoring them. Uh, cool. that, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so the last thing before I, I let you go, um, again, something that we ask every guest that we have on here. Uh, in your collection, what is your favorite, weirdest, you know, like most rare? Like, what's the thing in your collection that you adore more than anything else?
0: I would say. And I don't know his name, but it's probably my frilled lizard battle beast that as a child. I had lost him in the snow because I would make little snow forts and little tunnels and stuff. And uh, we were at Botcon in Florida, I think it was maybe, maybe was that like I don't know eight years ago. And uh, one of my coworkers had found him at a booth. And I had, I think I went on about a story about, I was like, I can't believe I lost. And I was like crying about it. He's one of my favorite. Like I love reptiles and stuff like that. So Battle Beast was like my jam. Um, And then uh, he comes up to me in the middle of the convention. He goes, I got you something. And I would say that's my prized possession because a really good friend of mine who got it for me. And uh, it was a figure that I loved as a kid. And now I have him again with his accessory. And I imagine Battle Beasts are really hard to maintain with their accessories 20, 30 years later. Um, And and the thermochromic sticker still works. Uh, No way. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Whoever had this thing must have kept it in the dark (laughs) so (laughs) in a box stored away so i would say yeah my frilled lizard i don't know his name um but it's my it's my favorite i would say because it's got a lot of memory connected to it and it just dude battle beasts were so cool looking i love that line great
1: Um, line yeah so lenny thank you so much for for joining us today on uh on adventures and collecting um where can we find you online
0: you can find me on Instagram as RoboRaptor66. Uh, um I'm there checking out all the cool uh, toy posts that people put up. I'm there checking out uh, adventure adventures and toy collecting and uh, you know, um you can find me there.
1: And and while you're there, definitely check out his amazing art because you do your your uh, your art that you post is incredible and oh, i love thanks, looking man. at that as well.
0: Thanks man. Appreciate that.
1: Well, with that, Lenny, I'm going to let you go back to your day. Thank you again, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi, show us your toy hauls, and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode.
0: Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited, and some assembly required, each sold separately. Not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours.
1: This has been a non productive media presentation.